0: everyone, welcome to uh, the fourth episode of Starship Podcast Warlock, the podcast where uh, I, and in this case I means Drew, uh, talks with... I, and in this case we mean Jeff, or I mean Jeff, I should say. Basically two American nerds talking about the British sitcom The Young Ones. Uh, so we are... Starting to get into kind of the midst of the first season here. Uh, we had a, a, a big surprise <laughs> last time with Boring. I don't know if I even want to refer to it again, but uh, Let us I never have speak high of us hopes again. for this one. Yes, exactly. Uh, I have high hopes for this one. I remember Bomb as being uh, an episode that I really, really liked. Bomb
1: is my... I- from what I remember from how I would have listed it back in the day, Bomb is probably my second favorite episode, so uh, I I again have high hopes as well, and so I figure I'm gonna have to be biting my tongue to not quote along with it. Um, (laughs) And and on the other hand, I'm curious about whether that means I'm simply going to be sitting in rapt attention and going the, I don't wanna step on that joke, I don't wanna step on that joke.
0: (laughs) Possibly, possibly, although this might be the episode where uh, we start to, um, provide an alternate soundtrack for the episode with our own uh, facsimile.
1: Oh, well, if that's the case. Then again, maybe not. If that's the case, I'm <laughs> just going to start doing my uh, award winning fart noises and, uh, you know. I feel like they probably didn't win any awards. What, my farts? What, my farts? Oh, okay. <laughs> Your <laughs> fart noises. Oh, I see. Okay, well. Yeah. R- relax, we'll, make We'll talk about noises. this later. Oh, that's a different episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get into the episode, uh, we thought it would be good to talk about a couple different things. Uh, we were going to do kind of a theme discussion about, well, the theme of this episode is nuclear war. And we were going to talk about kind of how it felt in the 80s to be living under the threat of you know, uh, mutually assured destruction between the
1: U.S. and and Russia or the USSR. It's a good thing we don't have to worry Uh, about dying or anything nowadays, right? I mean, everything is perfectly safe.
0: Yeah, all of that is completely in the past, uh uh, as are, like, horrible conservative British PMs. Mm. But (laughs) we discussed it, and neither of us actually has a story about that. I don't remember as a kid being like living in terror of, of nuclear you know, war, the bomb, or whatever. I wish
1: I could tell a story about, you know, The Day After aired when um, when I was 10, and, you know, that was the one that they said that just everybody was so depressed afterwards on that, which is hysterical, because um, in, the, in the UK, there was a show called Threads, which makes The Day After look... Um, look like uh, you know a walk in the park, that that really went through the idea of civilization collapsing and, and people dying of radiation poisoning and, and like you know people being sterile. and, and, and like that, that was and I've never seen it. Um, I, I've, I've read all about it, but like um, you know, it's interesting that thinking about those movies that came out and how they um, but at, the, at any rate, that the day after was for many people a traumatizing thing in the US. Um, and, uh, and I don't know if I didn't watch it at the time or whatever, and I remember everybody talking about it, but it just never impacted me personally.
0: I've never seen it, uh, but I do own threads on DVD because I had, uh, everyone talked about it so much among the Twitter accounts I read and whatnot that I really wanted to see it and find out what it was about. So I actually have it. I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet.
1: Stand by for the threads podcast coming soon.
0: Yes, that one is a barrel of laughs, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Just a little light entertainment to follow up uh, the young ones. So uh, stay tuned, yes. Um, So instead of talking about nuclear war, because, I mean, I was, you know, by, by the time that was a thing, I was six, seven, and, like, that was just the world for me at that point. The world was a place where politicians were just about to destroy the world at any given point, and that was just the atmosphere of life in general. Uh, I, I have no idea what it's like to grow up as a kid now and and have the kinds of weird, global, looming disasters that they have to deal with at this point. This is a very cheerful podcast, if you hadn't noticed. It's it's very well, we're, lighthearted. We're,
1: we're, I think we're going to start out as a downer, and then the episode hits, and you know it goes up from there, you see. So uh, we're, we're just hoping to or we're just helping to um give a contrast
0: that's right yeah. we're just setting it up for you everyone right uh so instead of that topic uh we decided to go with uh, a lighter thing something that i want to discuss at some point and now is the time which is who is your favorite character and or what do you like and dislike about each character
1: uh jeff do you, go first or do you sure, want to go I'll, first sure i'll go first um all right that's tough um I actually think that Rick may be my favorite, and the one that I potentially, uh, oddly enough, dislike the most. On top of all that, like to to me, Rick Rick is the most interesting character. There's there's a lot you can do with him. That I mean, like all the other characters, they are you know young and in college, and as a result, very impetuous and very um, uh, very very much um, you know very strong archetypes, as it were. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Rick is such an interesting signal of um, of uh, just, I, I guess, contradictions. The fact that that he's you know supposedly very passionate about uh, about his stances and is also a complete coward to carry out them for the most part, um, or, mm-hmm. or or fails in it as. Um, uh, as he does um, and, and the utter cluelessness. there's, there's so much to play around with that character. In fact, I mean, you know, if we talk later on about, um, about ideas for, you know, where this could have gone if they, you know, were able to do a reunion and, and Rick mail was still with us. Um, I, I think he would have been the one that changed the, the most, like, I, I just feel like there's so much to, there's so much to play with there. And even from the first episode, we've talked about how Rick, has changed from uh, from the original to uh, where he is now. Um, I I just feel like there's so much to play with, and and also he's the one that's the probably the easiest to satirize. I mean, you know, Mike, Mike <laughs> is a Mike is a cool guy or whatever. Okay, that's fine. Rick is the I, I mean uh, Neil being the hippie. Okay, fine. There's uh, it's fun playing around with hippie stuff, but that's kind of a one joke thing if you think about it. And and Vivian is Vivian is just cool. Um, but like Rick, Rick is the one you can really, really play around with um, a lot of his tics and 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 insecurities and things that like, uh, the bugs that get up his butt um, and, and dislike because um, just the extent that you know sometimes it's almost sometimes it's too much. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny like there is a and we've talked about this with abfab before that like you know there's a limit beyond which it's the okay I'm not dealing right right now um that's that's too crass or too crude or whatever and and it's um it's funny and not to compare rick with with abfab I, I think um um abfab hits that to me more than he ever does but but sometimes it's just the okay that's that's enough already um uh, yeah, yeah, I can
0: I can definitely see that. I mean, I would agree with you that he is kind of the plot driver. Uh, he's the one who has maybe the most contradictions in his nature. And so that helps like drive a lot of things forward that uh, the other characters seem a little bit more static. So, Jeff, I. Uh, is Rick your choice here, or do you have more to say about the no, other? characters?
1: No, I'm I'm going to go with Rick. I mean, I obviously have different things that I could say about what I like and dislike about the other characters. But but to me, Rick is the Rick is the solid gold bit of uh, there. There's so much to play with and everything. I think I, I'm curious to rewatch these episodes and figure out how much of it, in a way, revolves around him and his choices. Uh, well, I mean, that's not true because it's it's a fairly ensemble one. But for me. Yeah, I, I don't even feel like I have a good way to justify that. Just to say that uh, that if there was one character I would want to be writing for more than anything else, it would be Rick because I feel like there's so much to play with there.
0: Yeah, and I also wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that he's the only one of them who is uh, at least credited with writing any of the material. Could so I'm sure I'm sure some of that has an impact.
1: I mean, it could be. Although it, I mean, you know, it's certainly true that um, that Rick and Aid. You know uh were a comedy duo and certainly they had established um established playing off each other and and um and particular different sets of characters and i mean um i i don't know i, I don't know too about uh, too much about what nigel and, and and peter used to do together so i, I can't really say but uh, but at least um aids the other one i would be curious if uh, to what extent that he had some influence but i'm, I'm not sure
0: yeah um so for my own vote on this uh I think I really gravitate toward Vivian and I've been trying to figure out why that is um I think part of it is he is just so unself-consciously uh, decisive he is a force of nature <laughs> bull yeah yeah I mean he he will do whatever it comes into his head to do at any given time with no apology whatsoever. And I, I think given that I'm kind of the opposite of him in just about every way, I think that's why I sort of gravitate to him and and other characters like him because uh, I I sort of envy their blissful uh, forward momentum in a way. Um, I also just think he's funny uh, and most of the things that he gets involved in uh, make me laugh. Um, I, I think I like Neil a lot too. Um, because Neil is so innocent and so, um, is there another word than innocent? I, I think that's pretty much it. Like he, he feels kind of, uh, uh, vulnerable in a way that the other ones are not so much. And, and that kind of endears him to me a little bit, but I think Vivian ultimately is the, the one that I like the best. Um, although everything you're saying about Rick and, and the kind of complexity of that character, uh, and the interesting contradictions I think, uh, hold true. Um, so he may be the most plot driving character. Um, but yeah would
1: you would you say that um, Mike is probably the least interesting? Uh,
0: he's kind of mysterious. like I mean, I think we see that he uh, isn't quite who he's pretending to be, but who is he really? It's kind of hard to tell what motivates him and what he's doing uh, if he's just sort of pretending to be cool because that uh, insulates him from. Any of the other nonsense or or what? So right is he the, well? Yeah, is I'd, he
1: the guy who's simply just setting up the bras around his room to make it look like he's a ladies' man? Is this the guy who actually, um, actually is the uh, you know the the one that can con the others into doing things and all that? I mean, uh, to to what extent does he have the power? And to some extent, does he just project that he has it? Yeah, but
0: I mean, clearly, as we established when we were talking about oil, he was. Uh, he's sort of at the top of the pecking order, so what he wants to do usually gets done. Yeah. Uh, but as far as interesting goes, yeah, I see what you mean. He's uh, why he does the things he he does, and well, you know, why he has this sort of air of authority is is pretty mysterious, and it's hard to it's hard to tell. He's
1: also the straight man for the most part compared to the others. I mean, you know, um, a uh, um, the the others are very large caricatures and his and his he, he plays it um somewhat I wouldn't say small, but it's definitely a contrast from the other the other three and, and which I think is a good balance. Um it's mm-hmm. uh so I, I'm glad he's there. It's just that um you know uh the eye is distracted by three other shiny baubles uh along <laughs> with it. It's true.
0: Well, speaking of shiny baubles, shall we get into this uh, potential jewel of an episode? Oh, that Uh, is
1: an interesting segue. I like it. Um, No, interesting is after this. I'm I'm doing my best.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, we're going to watch Bomb, which is uh, if you've been following along the next episode on your DVD or whatever, you know, space age material you are listening to this on. If you are in the future and somehow still caring about the young ones. Uh, so Jeff and I are going to sync up the DVD and so should you. Uh, so I'm going to press, we discussed that pressing play and then hitting pause and then backtracking is the way to go with this stuff. So that's what we're doing now. Uh-huh. Well, Jeff,
1: have you done yeah, that? Yeah, I've done that. I, I did this before we started. Um, <laughs> that's all us girls. I, it just reminds on. me of a line from this episode. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I just, uh, I just spoiler spoilers. I already blurted it out, but that's okay.
0: All right, so uh, if you are listening at home or at the gym or – I don't know how you're watching this at the gym. Anyway, get ready to sync up. I'm going to say three, two, one, go, and then we're all going to press play at the same time and watch this wonderful episode that Jeff and I may just sit quietly in wonderment at. So here we go. On your marks, three, two, one, Go. Oh, it's a cold open. Yep. This is the first one we've had, I think.
1: Cold war, cold open. Well, that was mysterious. I wonder if that will come into play later. (laughs) (laughs) I do love how the opening credits give you a pretty good uh, idea of who each character is very quickly yep
0: like these are Julian Cope lyrics
1: <laughs> So you know the little the little tale that Rick has the little tie Mhm He's a Padawan <laughs> again
0: that is not what that meant when I was growing I up I
1: know Once again Neil and Technology Yep Truth uh, the zit squeezing. There's much worse on this show. It's true. See if you can spot the relevant information in the background. <laughs> this is the first time
0: I heard that song. Really? Yep.
1: I love the way that just look at the look at the wall. Yeah, foreshadowing because they didn't bother painting very well.
0: <laughs> Speaking of contradictions. Yep. <laughs> Just assume it's going to explode now.
1: Just remind me about that Rick scene. Oh, because it does. Remind me about that Rick scene when we get to uh, talking about the future of the young ones. Oh. (laughs) Oh, I love that line. Those jammies are adorable. (laughs)
0: I love this conversation. (laughs)
1: Those look like minions on his uh, Jammies
0: Oh gosh, what are they? Well, that makes sense.
1: It's like the disappearing pencil trick. <laughs> <laughs> that line makes the joke. <laughs> well for this one they didn't have to repaint and paper over like in the bedroom (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes Uh, this seems even more perfect now
1: You know, there's bits of this that feel like there's a lot of gags in here that work very well as like older comedy. You figure would be good, would be work well a generation earlier as well. Mm hmm. When I first saw that, that joke went over my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's foreshadowing. is the real inspector hound <laughs> If you're timing it at home 9 minutes and 20 seconds before they noticed <laughs> fact that they actually have something taped to the front of the TV <laughs> I guess they've already run out of budget <laughs> <laughs> Of course, growing up in the U.S., (laughs) had no idea what a TV license was. Yes, this is a very UK
0: specific joke. I love this bit. <laughs> Quintessential Viz. He's, he's kind of a stitch figure.
1: You know, wood grain's a lot easier to eat than flat screen. I'm sure it is. Mike has the record number of uh, fourth wall breaks in this episode. I also didn't know the phrase Nick, and I thought he was saying Lick. Oh. Which really confused me. (laughs) Yeah, I can still quote this entire episode, word for word. Okay, I still don't understand that joke. Because he's going to wait for the He's going to wait upstairs for it to show up in the toilet, but he's going to poo right there. So it'll never show up in the toilet. Before he gets up. Yes, right now he's sitting there before he gets up to walk to walk upstairs.
0: If he said flush, it would make sense for me.
1: No animals were harmed in the making of this episode. (laughs) They were, however, traumatized by watching it. (laughs) I want to note that it took them nearly nine and a half minutes to notice the bomb, and then they immediately (laughs) digress into the whole TV detector episode a bit so well, we still yes. haven't actually got to the bomb yet oh i love this so much i remember debating who's talking who's rick or aid
0: That's aid. Mm-hmm.
1: You're watching Doctor Who, the web planet. <laughs> Seventeen minutes, fifteen seconds in. <laughs> a brilliant bit to do that is at this point. <laughs> but a TV, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm shocked to find out that they have more than one song. <laughs> I was just going to say. It's Come On Eileen and... Uh... I think this might have been a bigger hit in the UK than Come On Eileen. Interesting. Uh, I had not heard Come On Eileen when I first saw this, so I had no idea who the hell they were. And I want to point out I saw that in college, which is shocking. How I avoided hearing that during the 80s, I have no idea.
0: kids you did not have to be good looking to be a rock star in the
1: early 80s or even dance that well (laughs) or at all he could use a change of clothes too maybe yeah he needs to go to the laundrette I know wrong episode This is kind of the only part of the song I don't like. I was having trouble figuring out what he was saying at that point.
0: I don't think I really listened to this. I think I fast forwarded through it every time.
1: I wish we'd agreed on that beforehand. I would have said, let's, let's uh, skip to time <laughs> index. I mean, this nope. is actually
0: we are going to sit through them all. This isn't that bad. No, it's not. Yeah. Ooh, one thing we should talk about is what are the best and worst songs in these at some point. Ah. It's going to be hard to beat Dr. Martin's
1: boots, but you know. There's also Relax, Make Stupid Noises.
0: (laughs) Kids, Gaddafi was a Libyan dictator at this time. Rick's outfit now
1: and how far (laughs) he's got those pants (laughs) hiked up. Only slightly more effective than duck and cover. actually had somebody ref- <laughs> say the other day that they thought wearing masks right now is the equivalent of duck and cover, which uh. really pissed me off. Give me some money. It's (laughs) So uh. <laughs> brilliantly juvenile. I wonder how much of this Alexei wrote. I mean, it's obvious when he goes into the stand up routine, but I'm curious.
0: Yeah. I have no idea what part X is.
1: <laughs> it's the Hell's Grannies episode. Oh, my God! Oh, I forgot that was in this episode. Pan Am's gone. It's amazing to see Nigel Planer do something different. I've seen him as uh, clips of uh, the wizard in uh, Wicked. I mean, this is weird, too. I say Nigel catch Terrific. <laughs> God, this is so weird. I think they were just watching the Rat Pack on TV and were like, let's make fun of it. <laughs> you have no context of why we're doing this. It's just brilliant. <laughs> God pretty good segue for a scene Ha 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 Darling fascist. Oh, that's a different episode.
0: Oh, Rick, so charming.
1: I wonder if Wimpy's still around.
0: <laughs> we could have called this podcast the Food Zone.
1: <laughs> Once again, we can see where the budget went. <laughs> In fact, the shelter sign is facing the wrong way, technically, if if he wants it to reflect the bomb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh i get this now
1: it's an egg yes (laughs) you just got that now
0: I probably got it okay. before now, but I didn't get it the first time I saw okay. it. Okay,
1: we're still going to have to explain the poop joke to you, I think.
0: I think so, yeah. Okay. Like I mean if again, if he said I always flush before I get out, no, that w- then it would that make wouldn't make sense. sense to that me. wouldn't make
1: sense. The whole point is he's not the whole point he doesn't
0: is, get up and you can't see the TV in the toilet no, the point, because he flushed it already. No, the
1: point is the guy is going upstairs to go wait for him to go to the bathroom. But the point is, he's sitting downstairs just in his... Reg- he's not sitting on the toilet or anything. He's just sitting downstairs, and he's saying, I'm going to poo right here before I get up, so I'm never going to have to go to the toilet. So he's never going to see but it flushed on the toilet.
0: He says he always does it. Yes. So he's he always poo on a chair? <laughs> That's his implication, yes. That makes no
1: sense. But it's in... All right, well... The- it's in keeping with them being very nasty and, um, and I mean... Uh, I may have to tweet him and and find out the answer to this question. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait. I I think at Adrian Edmondson. Yes.
0: We're doing a podcast about your show and we want to know, did you mean to say, did you flush that you always flush before you get up?
1: Oh, God. Americans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's possible I might get an answer.
1: We'll see. We we have eight Uh, weeks left. So, uh, anything is possible and we're all bored, stuck at home. So, uh, and you know what? It's maybe this will be a
0: thing to do once it's out because then people will go and see it. I I don't mean to suggest aid that we're going to use you for publicity for our, our podcast. Honestly, I would love just a private reply to tell me whether you were implying that Vivian was going to poop in his pants on the chair before he Wait, stood.
1: Wait, a private reply? I mean, reply to both of us, I think, would be nice. I mean, uh... I know, I mean, okay. I'm, just, I'm right. just trying not to ask for too much, oh, I that's see. all. Okay. Why not? So I, I would I would <coughs> ask for a lot, and if you want to dial it back and give us just a little bit of it, that's fine, but, like, you know, if you want to give more, I wouldn't say no. <laughs>
0: Alright, I'll see if I can fit that into 288 characters. Okay, yeah, do that. I like it. Uh... So that was bomb. Uh, I love that episode a whole bunch.
1: yeah, nothing nothing uh, has changed for me on that one. That is still and that is still a solid episode beginning to end. And it has so many of my favorite
0: bits in it, uh, like that that weird rat pack show in the middle of it for no reason at all. Uh, it has Rick doing his usual kind of like weird political about faces. Uh, kind of whatever he can be, the biggest a hole about he's going to be. Um, it's some it's some <laughs> of
1: Vivian's best um, best sight gags. I mean, the bit with the sledgehammer mm-hmm. getting bent, like just just the the wild swings that he does on that, and in fact the complete surprise when he walks over and and whams it the first time, like just seems like it comes out of nowhere. And then of course, <laughs> and then of course the bit with the wrecking ball, which is just impeccable timing. Vivian's escaped (laughs) just beautiful comic timing on that
0: uh it's so so good Yeah, yeah and the the whole just the banter about the lentils coming out of the wall and there's something about the phrase a huge mound of teetering crockery that is so relatable to me but also the perfect way to describe that situation oh yeah
1: yeah um i actually have had something like that in this house recently um what you get when you're stuck home alone but uh, fortunately that's been rectified now
0: oh well good did you smash through the opposite wall is that no i
1: i didn't i didn't i i I had this episode as a cautionary tale so yeah i didn't do that (laughs) plus the fact that it's just me here so i didn't have anybody to catch the lentils so you know that's a problem oh
0: yes uh yeah redeeming social value everyone this episode teaches people not to smash through the wall opposite the kitchen to get into a cabinet that you want something in the back
1: of. Does it really teach them though? I mean, you do get the lentils, so maybe that's not so bad. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Well, they they ended up having to have cornflakes for breakfast.
1: Yeah. I Which, as Vivian said, is really disgusting. And ketchup. Yeah. Um, I do... Ha- yeah, the... Oh, sorry, go No, ahead. I was going to say, I actually do have both in the house, surprisingly. I uh, I went shopping mm-hmm. the other day, and I actually own both, which is weird. It's been the first time in a long time that I've had either of those in this house. Cornflakes and lentils? Uh, oh, ketchup. Oh. <laughs> Wait, cornflakes and ketchup? Yes. Okay, but no lentils. Um, I don't think I have any lentils in the house, no. Sadly. I do like lentils. I, I used, to, used to put them in salad, actually, for lunch at, at work, but... Um, uh, yeah, have I, I ever had lentils? lentils? I probably have. Um, it, it does make me... My mom used to... It does make me incredibly farty, I will admit, but uh, it's good for it. It's good <sighs> for you when it's yummy. Well, you can't smell it. You're, And, and nobody here listening can, too, but, uh, you know, if, if you're grossed out by that, then you shouldn't watch Sick when that comes up, because... Uh,
0: <laughs> on a podcast, no one can tell you smell. <laughs> Come on, guys, do uh, I
1: smell? <laughs> yes. Again. <laughs> We'll have to wait until we hit Bambi
0: for that, but yes, it's it's like a coming soon sort of uh, trailer. Are quoting this is true? Um, I think the only part of this episode that's a little strange for me is that uh, is the Cornflakes family, which is both funny and also almost inexplicable. Like,
1: where did that joke even come from? I'm I'm assuming that you know I could picture them looking at a box of cornflakes and like for a while they did have pictures of families on cornflakes. It wasn't just the the cornflakes uh, uh, box or something like that. So I'm I'm assuming that's where they got mm. that from. Um, but oh, maybe you're but right. It's also I, I love the <laughs> the the line. I think we quote from that more anything else is the wish I'd had time for a crap before we started. That's all, you girls ever th- That's all you girls ever think of. That's <laughs> all you um, girls ever think of. Oh, oh, and of course, the other, you know, all the little cutaways, like you mentioned, the uh, the um, the Rat Pack thing, but also the fly on the wall documentary film crew. <laughs> oh, my God. I
0: love that so much. Q question, Marcus. <laughs> but I'll tell
1: you something. Now, what's it like <laughs> being a fly on the wall? It's overrated. <laughs> But I'll tell something you
0: something really, really dirty. dirty. <laughs> oh, so here's a question for yeah. you: Is 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 Rick's uh, way of pronouncing ours? Is that just what Rick mail does, or is it an affectation for Rick? Because I can't remember.
1: Um, no, I mean, if you want to, f- if I think of the other stuff that we've seen him in, like, I mean, I don't Lord Flashheart. I don't ever remember him doing that, for example maybe, I guess we'll have to go back and
0: confirm. Right. I mean,
1: it is weird because right when he's doing that, he's not playing Rick, he's playing, uh, unless, unless that's part of the joke that he's just going to do that for every character that he has on this particular show. But um, yeah, on the whole, I I have to go back and watch that. And I was going to say drop dead Fred, but also, I mean, that's not too far away from, from Rick in many ways.
0: So it's a similar yes, affectation.
1: So that that's not a good judge. I, I'm tempted to go back and look at. I, I think I mentioned this before that um, he played King Herod in a version of Jesus Christ Superstar uh, that was filmed for TV. And um, and you know I, I I love Herod's song to death. I would I would love to do that on, on stage at some point. Um, I'll, I'll have to look at that and see. I'm curious to look at that and see whether Is he, he does he a good that. singer? Uh, no, but but the <laughs> no, but the characterization is you know it's it's ugly and 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 nasty and like in all the right ways it's a, it's it's so very uh, Rick Mayall but it's it works with the character so well. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it, which is which is hysterical. Um, uh, you know, between that and seeing Rowan Atkinson uh, singing "Master of the House," um, just seeing some of the the um you know some of my idols in British comedy performing some of my favorite roles in uh, in theater in ways that I I wouldn't have expected um, but it works so very well as opposed to you know when you see Nigel planer play the wizard in in wicked that's a very different characterization um, uh, and and you're not seeing him he disappears into the part as opposed to the other two you see and you're like oh yeah that's that's them they're doing a great job but that's definitely them as I would expect
0: mm-hmm. Well, I don't, in this, I, I don't know if I even recognized that it
1: was Nigel at first playing uh, Dino. It's the height. I mean, you're right. It could have been somebody else. Yeah. But I mean,
0: no, I, it definitely is him. But, yeah. like, the first couple times I watched it, he's so, like, weirdly good at it that it just didn't register for me that this was the same actor. Yeah. But, you know, Rick is unmistakable. Uh, but Nigel seems like more the type to sort of disappear into a role.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Rick Mayall played some version of, of Rick in everything that he did. I mean, you know, um, Lord Flashheart is obviously different than, than Rick, but you can still see facets of, of Mayall in that character. Um, not Nigel is somebody from what I've seen in other things who does disappear into the roles. Uh, I, I think of um, uh, his appearance in um, uh, Blackadder 3, right, as one of the Pimpernels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know again um, again it's it's interesting to see that uh, another person I could think of for that uh, speaking of like the Blackadder crew is Tim McInerney you know um, yeah I, I mean seeing him even he transitioned to to straight role I mean he had uh, playing Lord Glover the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones um, his villain turn in in Doctor Who well I, I mean Mm-hmm. You know uh, the stuff when he switched from being stupid, stupid Percy to uh, to Darling in the last season of Blackadder, right? I mean, changed to a very different character. There, it's it's interesting to see which folks tend to play roles that are that are extensions of them, and and which ones tend to disappear into different parts.
0: Yeah, I, I think what's interesting to me about Rick Mayall as well is that, like, he always played these just like despicable characters, but he was apparently super beloved by everybody who worked with him. And, uh, it, it just be so interesting to see what he was really like off screen as like someone you were uh, acting with.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are various, uh, there are, I know there's at least one documentary I've seen that's, that's, uh, I've seen interviews with him on occasion. Um, it's been a while, but I'd be curious to go back and watch that and see, um, and, and see, you know, the real Rick as opposed to the, uh, how, how much of that is there compared to the characters that he's uh, he's played. Um, For sure.
0: Uh, hmm, bonus episode? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, folks, uh, I think it's probably time we wrap this up. Uh, I'm very uh, happy with the episode we watched tonight. Uh, I think it's gonna be a hit, uh, so I'm gonna greenlight it, and we'll, uh, we'll see how the series
1: does in the ratings. I, I like it. Run up the flagpole and see something. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not saluting right now, no. Um, Yeah,
0: very well. Uh, So, uh, in the meantime, uh, don't forget to pay your TV license fee, and we will see you, or rather, you will hear us, on the next episode of Starship Podcast Warlock! Oh,
1: I was supposed to shout along with that. Shoot. Let's do it again.
0: Starship Starship
1: Podcast. (laughs) Oh, okay, now... wow this is pathetic all right one more time are, are here we, we go. editing i have to ask are we editing this out or is uh, it folks i don't know okay
0: uh folks at home we're gonna say three two one go and then you can shout starship podcast warlock al- along with us here we go three, three two, two, two one one starship <laughs> starship pod podcast, podcast warlock <laughs> oh i give up we
1: suck